Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for Why It Matters. And you know what? It matters the type of digital marketing agency you hire. Exactly. Especially now since most businesses, many businesses I should say, are getting on the e-commerce bandwagon. But the hard part is deciding how. How do you decide which is the right one for you and your business? Anyone with an internet connection can create a website and start offering services as an entrepreneur. Mm. But how do you make sure that your message gets across and reaches the customers that you want to reach? Which is why choosing the right digital marketing agency is so important and it's also quite tricky because the barriers to entry into an e-commerce and online business are slim to none. Mm, yes, correct. And, you know, it's a huge investment, right? A, a lot of companies, they come to you and they offer you all sorts of packages. You look at the price and you go, oh, maybe I should get on board with this one. Well, the market in Singapore is quite saturated and people are wary of the smaller agencies that claim to be one of those, what do you call, one-stop shop for everything. Mm. Some actually have worked with agencies who have over-promised and under-delivered, yeah. quite common in the industry. They'll say, I'm a full-service agency, but there's no brand consultancy. There's no audit of your current brand name. Others say that agencies maximize their chances of winning by submitting low bids. But after signing the contract, what do you think happens? They tell you, oh, if you want to gain access to even this basic deliverable, mm. you have to top up. Top up. <laughs> that seems to be the norm in certain sectors, in certain quarters of the industry. Agencies, on the other hand, complain that clients steal their ideas and make them their own without payment or even credit. No acknowledgement at all. I've actually seen this happen, Me unfortunately. <laughs> they'll come to a pitch meeting and they'll pitch their ideas yeah, and the yeah. company will say, okay, very good. We'll call you in a few days if we want you. And they never call, but they use the idea. Yes. Uh, this is why a lot of digital marketing agencies have stopped being too specific during their pitch meetings. Oh, dear. Well, on the line, uh, to help us understand this landscape of digital marketing is Tom Go, curriculum developer and instructor at uh, Equinet Academy. Tom, good morning. How are you? Morning, Elliot. Morning, Barati. Thanks for having me. The question, the million-dollar question to set the mood, Tom. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. But how how do you describe a digital marketing agency? What is the job scope of a digital marketing agency? Oh, Elliot, that's really a million-dollar question. <laughs> Both of you have been passionately sharing. I think nowadays you see a lot of agencies professing to do one-stop shop, right? That's what Bharati had shared. If you look at the services that's required to get a business going, there are probably a few buckets, right? If you look at, if both of you decide to leave where you are and, and do out your own side hustle, right? You probably need agency to help you create content, infographics, how-to videos. You probably need one agency to help you to market to different channels like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, if you're going after the Gen Z. Maybe an agency to help you to ideate and manage what it takes to launch and sustain a product and services that you and Bharati is going to launch. And more importantly, the last step will be someone to help you develop the assets, whether it's hosting on a website, a landing page, or apps or webinars. Some one-stop shop will profess to help you to optimize your content so that you show up. So it shows up on Google through SEO. And you, you both spoke about branding. So branding is something that is what some agencies will do. Some will throw in the head and say, I can help you do paid media optimization. <laughs> you know, 
sprinkle it with UX and UI services. So yeah, it's a quite a wide range of services that a digital marketing agency can profess to do and profess to be a one-stop shop. But here's the thing, before we even start critiquing the digital marketing agencies, businesses themselves have to be sure of what their objectives are, right? So you've got to decide what you need at this point before you go to a digital marketing agency and talk to them. Otherwise, they'll just throw all these services at you and you, you're not even sure which ones you actually need and which ones you actually don't need. We hope we have more enlightened clients like this. I like what you shared earlier on. We've seen clients or owners who, because they're short of ideas or they're desperate to figure out how to navigate the market, throws out a pitch, praying that the agencies will come along to really showcase a full suite of ideas, go to market launch plans so that then you cherry pick from it. And like what you said, uh, Bharati, more often than not, they don't award the ideas to the agencies and they take it in-house. So you're right. The, the owner themselves has to be clear or the client has to be clear about what's your clear business goals and outcomes. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself, what's your understanding of the market itself? The understanding of the digital channels that your target audience is residing in. Uh, what's your style of management when it comes to managing the agency? Are you a micromanager or you can set the big picture and let the agency run the show? So yes, there's, and also more importantly, your internal abilities. We do see that a lot of clients are lacking the digital understanding of how to you know, navigate this landscape, you know, how to understand, even to define what's the outcome. Right? So, uh, so I, I mentioned I'm a trainer with uh, Equinera. So we do have, thank God, we do have very senior clients from FNCG companies who told me, top, I came to your class because I need to know what my guys are doing. I need to understand the landscape. I need to know how to manage my agencies and set clear outcomes and boundaries, what we can do and what they can do. So those new clients are great, but they are really the minority. Okay. Mm, How do you hope to get more on board in terms of educating themselves so that they can make wiser choices? I think the the clear thing is that when they see that, how come I'm not getting the results? Despite going through so many agencies, I don't seem to be able to move the needle and what I'm trying to do, something is wrong. Either I'm the, I'm the culprit or the agency, just, they're just horrible, right? They don't know what they're doing and they're just here for the money and they're just hired mercenaries. So at the end of the day, it's the realization of what can we do, what we can't do. So the, as I said, thank, thank goodness the government has been trying to push for leveling up of the employees and employers through upgrading of the various digital skill sets. You can see there's tons of training available. And as I said, Usually, it's the lowest rank and file that goes for the training. And because I keep in contact with my, my trainees, and the, the biggest challenge is me is always trying to convince the bosses that look, digital marketing is not like handing out flyers. You will not get sales immediately. There's this thing called a funnel mm. right, that you have to go through. But more often than not, the, the bosses are not able to comprehend and they just want immediate results. Right? So that's, that's the sad fact. And then because they couldn't get immediate results, they changed our agencies or they changed tactics, which is to their detriment. Right. Right. Tom, if you don't mind, just want to expand on that last point you made. What, I mean, in your experience, what is the most common priority that clients come to you with? And again, in your experience, or if you have case study, that would help as well. What's the most common priority that clients come to you with? But what is the most common priority that clients should have instead? Yeah. Okay. So without giving names away earlier, because uh, that's confidentiality, you know, what we do. So given that uh, the market is, is competitive and challenging for all clients, regardless whether you're B2B or B2C, the more often I need sales. Or they'll say, I need sales. leads. I need leads, right? Okay. They add, give me leads. 
So in, in our world, we, we, we specify and cut down leads by content qualified leads, marketing qualified leads, and sales qualified leads. And of course, all clients want sales qualified leads. Mm. The challenge added as to your second question is that not all businesses and services are ready for sales qualified leads. Let's say you and Bharati were to launch a new service, right? No one heard about you. The first thing that you need to do is go out there and get brand awareness so that people hear your name, cut through the noise, brand salience so that people remember you, and brand recall so that people will have will know what you stand for. That is the launch of a new business. So I think clients need to know where are they in which stage of the funnel before requesting to say, I want to get sales. And because they think that marketing, digital marketing equals to sales, uh, that's caused a whole mismatch in terms of expectations and in terms of outcomes. Mm. Right, right. And at nice. the very beginning, it's usually about discoverability. Because frankly, I did just launch a website a couple of months ago well for done. my side hustle. So, How's it going? Uh, oh, good, I would say, uh, because I did hire some experts to help me out. But I have to say that at yeah. some point I thought, hey, why don't I just get on one of these DIY websites, Wix mm. or something like that, you know, some service, yeah. and just do it myself. Yeah. So it's that's my next question. Uh, How do you decide what, what to do yourself and what to hire someone else to do? I personally hired someone to help me out because I just don't have the time. I'm doing a yeah. few things at a time. And it's a question of time. And I believe in the corporate sector, it's the same deal. But what would the other markers be? Other indications that I really need to hire someone? Mm. I, think, I think first and foremost, you do the right thing. You stick to what you're great at. And those things that requires you to take time away from, outsource them. Yeah, so for instance, in my case, I, I do my own content creation, but I leave the, all the other analytics and things like that to like the agency. That you have UI to an expert, right? So I, I think you, you, you answered your own question, which is what are you professed to be good at? And those things that it's really out of your league to look at outsourcing it to an agency, but outsourcing it to an agency is not long-term solution. I know it sounds oxymoron because uh, besides being a trainer, I also run an additional agency. But I do believe that in the long run, all clients should really institutionalize the skill sets and process. Because you ask yourself this, your friends or the, the pals that work on your website, they are all hired mercenaries, right? They are here as long as you pay them, you pay them the right amount, and they deliver their value according to the compensation, right? So the key thing is that you know, what do you need to learn over a period of time that can augment your content creation, which is what you're good at, right? So if you think that along the way, that understanding how a website works, understanding what's an ideal user experience, which is important because you can have great content, but if people land on your site and you got confused, or it's a horrible, horrible site to navigate, people will leave, right? So if you feel that UX and UI is important, then that's something that you need to think about as a next step to augment your technology. Tom, as a potential client, what should I look out for? What makes a good digital marketing agency? Yeah. That's, the, that's also the other million dollar question, right, Alan? So <laughs> I think first thing first is look out for the red flags, right? If, a, if an agency promises to do everything, then that's something too good to be true. As I shared earlier on in my first answer to your question, not all agencies can, can do that six or seven services I, brought, I, I spoke about. Second is that if an agency is willing to, like what Bharati said in the show opener, that they say, okay, fantastic, I can accommodate your price point. That's too good to be true too. Because we, we all are running a business, right? We all have people on us. So there is a certain value we need to put before to pay the salaries. Third is, I guess, you need to know whether they are committed to be involved in your business, where they ask you the business questions. They ask you, Alan, what do you want to accomplish at the end of this campaign? Because mm. 
for agencies, we, we are here to either for the fame, we hope to win some awards, we're here for you know the money, or we're here for, because it's, it's a nice strategic portfolio to add to our list. So better in mind when you hire an agency, right? Because as much as they, they profess to be helping you for your business, they're also thinking about those three other criteria. Yeah. You know, we earlier talked about how some companies will steal the ideas and just run with it on their own. And sometimes those results can be quite awful. Huh? Because yeah. like you said, you know, it also does take some nuanced approaches to make the ideas actually work. How to prevent things like that from happening? How to prevent some of these institutions, some of these corporate companies from stealing those ideas. I mean, I know for a fact that a lot of the digital marketing agencies that come into pitch now are more careful about how much they divulge in the pitch meetings. But what else can be done here in order to ensure that both parties actually respect each other? Yeah, so Bharati, unlike the European markets in the US where clients actually pay a pitch fee, like a token pitch fee, like $1,000 or $5,000, it doesn't really happen here in our local landscape. The exception is the government tenders. They, they do, if you're part of the panel and then you're invited for a pitch, uh, some of the government tenders will pay you a pitch fee of $5,000 to offset your cost. To your question of whether, how do we protect ourselves? I, I think it's really, on our side as an agency, we do need to showcase how the whole idea flow from, from the beginning to the launch to the sustenance. Right? We do have to showcase how you achieve the end results. So I, I guess it's a fine balance, the fine balance of what we put on the table to convince you that we are the agencies versus being worried that you'll be stealing your ideas. Look, at the end of the day, I always believe that great ideas are, are there on the table, but the ability to continuously adapt to the ideas as it as hits the market is something that a great agency would be able to do. Because I could give both of you a great piece of plan. But we all do know, right, being seasoned marketers, that no plan will survive the market intact it will change because your competition will be adapting. So the mark of the agency is, I'm not worried that I put forth the great ideas you steal from it because those ideas, the moment I put on the forefront paper, is 50% still because once it hits the market, it's 75% still. So the ability to adapt and optimize the hallmark of a great agency. So I'm not worried. So go ahead, take my ideas because my PowerPoint is, half of this is so-called expired rate. Mm. Also, no one can execute it the way I do or the way you do in, the, right. in this case, right? All right. Thank you very so, much for that, Tom. You write great content, Bharati, that even if I copy your content, it's a, it's a pill mm. version of your content, right? But the next bubbling great ideas will be bubbling off your head. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason some people have IP rights and some people don't. Thank you very much for that, Tom. Tom Go, curriculum developer and instructor at Equinet Academy. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.